You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Great. So um, I am continuing our series, What If Rest is Resistance, um, after Rob's brilliant introduction last week. And that's where we are dreaming about how our world and how we can be different. And if you miss Rob's talk, then we do release the talks as a podcast each week, which you can find on our website at oasisbath.org. Or if you are um, a Spotify user, you can just type Oasis Church Bath into the search bar and you'll find us there. So today then I'll be asking, what if rest is resistance? What if rest is resistance? And we're going to start by reading a Bible passage together. So the words are going to appear on the screen and they are from Mark chapter 2 verses 23 to chapter 3 verse 6. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, Why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot how they might kill Jesus. So to understand what's going on in this story here, we need a bit of context, don't we? And of course, we need to understand the concept of this word Sabbath. So I'll be spending a bit of time unpacking that. And through that, I think there's some really exciting and actually perhaps surprising discoveries to be made about what Sabbath actually is and how then we can apply it to our lives today. So Sabbath is a Jewish concept and practice, and the word literally means to cease, desist or stop. That is working. There we go. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think sometimes I have an idea of it being like a nice day off or being refreshed or relaxed. But actually, there's a slight distinction there, isn't it? Um, It's a complete stopping and a ceasing from all work or activity. So it was one of the Ten Commandments given by God to Moses. And it's reflective of this pattern of creation that we see in Genesis, where God created the world for six days and then rested on the seventh So there's kind of a rhythm, a flow or a pattern followed by God himself of work and then rest, work and then rest. And God created this idea of Sabbath as a gift. So it's a gift. It's something for us to enjoy. Now, you can imagine that following this law would have raised some pretty tough questions. So what is work and how do we define it? 
what's okay to still do on the Sabbath? So are you allowed to like make a meal? Are you allowed to put put a wash on, like sort the garden out? Because they actually involve quite a lot of hard work. If you, yeah, well, I think gardening is very hard work. Um, but they all involve sort of activity, don't they? So you sort of think, oh, you know, would, would that be okay? Would that not? And for those early Jews, yeah, that must have been really tricky to work out, you know, what was okay to do and what not to do. And the punishment for breaking this law, according to the book of Exodus, is death. So, although I should say that it was unlikely that that was enforced at the time of Jesus. But still, you'd be pretty keen, wouldn't you, as a a Jew, to make sure that you didn't break that rule. And in fact, even today, some Orthodox Jews won't use electricity on the Sabbath, which includes even small things like turning on a light switch. The Mishnah, which is a collection of Jewish laws, has 39 categories of work that is banned on the Sabbath, and reaping was one of them. So that's why in the story that we've read, Jesus and his disciples are rebuked by the Pharisees who accuse them of breaking this law because picking heads of grain they interpret as reaping. And Jesus challenges the Pharisees and reminds them then that Sabbath was always meant to be a gift. It was created for us, not we were created to stick to it for it. So Jesus' disciples were hungry, so they should eat. The man with the shriveled ham was in need, so he should be healed. And surely that is more important than following a law. So you can see what's happened, can't you? This amazing principle, this gift from God of making a stop from our work and enjoy God's rest has been turned into a kind of rule. And the following of that rule has become this huge burden on people maybe even an oppressive system, stopping people from doing things that meet their needs and bring healing to others. Now, you might say, well, as Christians, you know, we're free from Jewish law. We don't need to practice those laws anymore. And in the New Testament, Paul talks a lot about that, you know, how we're kind of free from the law. And the writer of Hebrews encourages us instead to enter God's rest. So to rest from our work as God rested from his work in the story of creation. So we're free from the burden of the law and the punishment if we don't follow it. But I think there's still a healthy principle to follow, isn't there? A pattern of work and rest from our work. Irenaeus, who was a bishop in the first century, viewed the Sabbath as a kind of symbol, so symbolical of the future kingdom of God. He says, in which the man who shall, in a state of rest, partake of God's table. So in other words, Sabbath is a kind of metaphor. It's like this little glimpse of God's kingdom. A little taste of what one day we'll have in full. God's rest or Sabbath is that moment when it feels like you're in heaven. That is Sabbath. So the gift of Sabbath to rest from our work, to enter into God's rest, to experience a glimpse of the kingdom of God. So I wonder what does entering into God's rest look like for you? I try to think back at some of the moments that I've had um, in the last year or so when I know I've hit that Sabbath premium moment of, yes, this is good. And yes, a lot of my Sabbath moments do involve food and drink, but I'm okay with that. (laughs) Maybe they do for you too. Um, But have just a think now, just pause in the kind of flow of me talking. What, What does that look like for you? What place, what activity person or time comes to mind when I say that maybe it's a long lie-in on a Saturday morning maybe it's a good book in the window seat of your favorite cafe maybe it's a cinnamon bun from Landre's bakery still warm from the oven other bakeries are available you can tell that's one of my moments 
Maybe it's that long, deep breath as you sit down in a quiet house after the school run. Maybe it's watching the sunset on your favourite beach. Maybe it's your absolute favourite meal with your favourite person or people. There's a Sabbath feeling, isn't there? A moment where we stop from our work and we enter into God's rest. It's a gift. It's a gift from God and it's there for us to enjoy. And it's so important, isn't it, that we have those moments of rest. But there's a little bit more to Sabbath than a restful moment or a good day off or even a cinnamon bun from Landry's Bakery. So think about what happens if you stop. So if you were walking in the street and you just suddenly stopped, what would you then do? You'd maybe look around you. You'd become more mindful of whose way you might be in or where you are and where you're going. So stopping, I think, leads to reflection. And if we don't stop and we don't reflect, then I'm, I think we can't learn. And if we can't learn, then we can't change and we can't grow or improve. And growth and change is something that as disciples of Jesus, we are called to. We're called on this ongoing journey, aren't we, to become more like him, um, to become more like Jesus, and more like God as we see reflected in the life of Jesus. So maybe the gift of stopping is not just about resting, but it's also about reflecting. It's those moments of rest that we realize things, things about ourselves and about our world. It's those moments of rest where God often speaks and tells us what he wants us to hear. And that rest, reflection and learning then refuels and refines us to then re-enter our work. There's been so many moments for me when I've had a, a sudden idea or a thought or a moment because I've actually just stopped for a sec. Um, I think I, one point years ago, thought I googled like waterproof notebooks to put in the shower because every time I was in the shower, I'd get an idea and then think I need to write it down and I can't. Um, but maybe at that time in life, it was probably the only point that I stopped my brain from, you know, either I was listening to something or I was talking to someone or I was doing something. And actually, very often when we stop, it's that moment when then um, an idea comes or we have a, just a, a moment for God to speak or for us to realize something. I also think that stopping is disruptive. So it disrupts those kind of monotonous, habitual sort of rhythms that we get into where we just sort of do what we do, don't we, without really even thinking. And sometimes they're really good things. So I, for one, have loved September just starting to get into like a bit more of a rhythm again of like Sundays and, you know, COVID just made everything change, didn't it, every week? And I, I don't do so well with that. So actually getting into a bit of a, okay, right, Sundays again and like the week looking kind of similar. I, I've really enjoyed that. I think there are, there are rhythms that are good and I think we see that reflected in the kind of work-rest rhythm that that Sabbath is all about. But I think also there, there can be bad rhythms, can't there, and bad habits. And Sabbath maybe gives us a chance to become aware of those things, but to also make some different decisions to kind of do that stop and step out of that way of doing or being or thinking. And sometimes those things are, are just about us and our lives, but I think sometimes those things are about, um, you know, beyond us. They're about maybe our family or our communities, um, our world. Justin Martyr, who was a first century Christian apologist, said this about Sabbath. True Sabbath observance under the new covenant is the keeping of a perpetual Sabbath, which consists of turning from sin. So to observe the Sabbath then is to become aware of the things that we're doing that aren't perhaps aligned with the kingdom of God and the values that we try to live out. 
perhaps another way of saying it is the habits and rhythms that we're caught up in that perhaps mean others can't experience that gift of God's rest or Sabbath. And I think let's also be really honest about the fact that Sabbath involves a lot of privilege, doesn't it? Which is something that Jesus and his disciples expose as they challenge the Pharisees. And we'll come back to that in a second. Because it's easy, isn't it, to sort of say, or oh, you should enter into God's rest, you know, have a day off, go out for dinner, go to the beach, book a holiday. You know, a lot of the examples that I've used involve money and, and essentially that's linked to, to privilege and being able to do those things. But actually, if you're working, you know, two jobs or split shifts, you know, how is it possible for you to have a kind of full day off? Or if you're a single parent with no childcare or family to support you, how is it possible to rest? If you're a carer to someone with a mental or a physical health condition, how can you leave that behind or switch off from it? If you're on a low income, how can you afford to pay for a holiday? You know, I think nothing revealed privilege more, did it, than that recent confusion over the term staycation, which many people used, you know, sort of used to regular foreign holidays assume to mean the horror of a holiday where you actually had to stay in this country <laughs> rather than actually when you just stay at home, whereas the rest of us are like, no, no, that's not what staycation means. Um, but for lots of people in this country, and, and maybe for, for some of us here, you know, this city, um, uh, staying here or a true staycation is the only vacation or holiday that, that they might ever experience. So I just think we need to be careful that we don't align Sabbath with privilege and that we also need to use our privilege if we have it to enable others to experience Sabbath, even if that's just the moment. Because we're all in this together, aren't we? And that's the point. That's why we're here. Hopefully that's why you're here this morning, because you understand it isn't just about you, that we're, we're in this together. We're all connected. We all belong to one another. And sometimes Sabbath is not just about making sure that we get rest, but it's enabling that in other people. And sometimes, you know, that's a very practical sharing, isn't it, of our time, our resources, our skills and money. And there are loads of amazing ways I've seen people enable others to experience that rest. Um, so I remember during lockdown hearing about a group of parents who sort of took it in turns to host each other's kids to learn together so that each parent at least had one day off um, a week with sort of no, no kids in the house. And it's something that we do here when someone has a baby in the church, a group of people will often take it in turns to provide uh, that household with meals for a week. Um, a couple I know always take someone on holiday with them who might not normally perhaps have the opportunity to go on holiday um, on their own. So there's those practical things, but I think sometimes it's less about one individual to another and it's perhaps about that disruption then to a system or a habit or a rhythm that we've bought into that prevents someone experiencing rest. So when we do an Amazon Prime order and we select next day delivery, we're making someone on a low income work through the night to pick and deliver that item to us. When we use a company like Deliveroo to deliver our takeaway on a Friday night, we're investing in a company that's known for its low wages and awful treatment of staff. And so we buy into those systems, we prop up those principalities and powers that cause harm, great harm to others. We're turning what was meant to be a gift into a system of oppression. And Sabbath shouldn't just be for the privileged. Sabbath is a gift for everyone. So it's for us, but it's also down to us to help others experience it. So let's briefly revisit Jesus and the disciples again and their challenge to the Pharisees. So throughout this series, we, um, we've said that we're using a book to help guide us by somebody called Ched Myers. And the book is called Binding the Strongman. It's an incredible sort of political commentary on Mark's gospel. And uh, in that book, Ched Myers notes that in all three instances where Mark describes the Pharisees, he focuses on some aspect of food consumption. 
So you can go and look in, in Mark's gospel and, and maybe guess which, which stories he's talking about. But the first one, Jesus defends his and his disciples' right to break bread with the socially outcast. Secondly, Jesus asserts their freedom to ignore what we call ritual non-eating practices. Um, so kind of rules that people have to to keep them sort of clean and unclean. Because they point out when, you know, when you're poor, you eat what's there. You eat what you can get in that time. Um, you, know, you don't have the luxury of abstaining or sticking to purity laws. And that was something that they exposed. And then finally, in the story that we've read today, Jesus justifies breaking the Sabbath law because of hunger. You know, because the needs um, of, the, of that individual, those two individuals, um, several individuals, were more important than following a rule. So in Jesus' challenge of the Pharisees, he reminds them that Sabbath is a gift that meeting needs like hunger and healing are more important. And in doing that, he exposes this whole system of oppression that's become a burden to people. And he then refuses to be a part of that system. And I think we're called to do the same. Ched Myers says, the disciples' commandeering grain against Sabbath regulations must, from this perspective, to be seen as a protest of civil disobedience over the politics of food in Palestine. I love that quote. <laughs> so our talk title today is, What if rest is resistance? So maybe let's end by thinking about what might happen if we did this. Let's have our kind of what if moment. What if we made some of those changes? What if we lived in this way? What if we didn't get our self-worth from the work that we did or the roles that we have? What if we refuse to be part of our Western system of consumption and productivity and constant busyness and instead prioritise the habit of regular rest? And what if that habit created space for God to speak? And what if those words led us to learn new things about ourselves, our family, our world? And what if we put that learning into action? If we change some of those bad habits and rhythms? if we became aware of the systems of oppression we so often prop up and facilitate through our participation in them? What if we resisted and refused to be part of them like Jesus did? And what if we enabled true Sabbath moments for those in our lives, our friends, our neighbours, our community? What if we saw Sabbath as not just a gift for ourselves, but a gift for everyone? And I probably need to confess to you today that preparing this talk has not been easy because honestly, I think sometimes I can be really rubbish at this. I think as we've returned to regular Sundays and the huge amount of work that that's involved, along with kind of all the other sort of things that we do as a charity, it's involved a lot of pressure and stress. And I think I'm struggling again to sort of find and prioritize that rhythm of, of rest and work. And I notice within myself when I do that, that also then I don't stop and reflect. So I get lost in the doing of everything all the time. And I so often then don't notice or have the opportunity to enable moments of rest in others because I'm not perceptive. I'm not making space to pick up on that stuff. And I order things from Amazon Prime and I've used delivery too. And I don't want to and kind of hate myself when I do it but sometimes it feels like there honestly there isn't an alternative and I have tried and sometimes just when you need something in that moment it's hard isn't it to find something that that does what you need but I hate that because I know that in part my money bluntly has helped put another privileged immorally rich white man in a space rocket rather than actually you know solve our climate crisis or help people who are experiencing hun hunger and I don't want to be a part of any system that prevents others from experiencing that fullness of life God's rest the kingdom of God so 
I don't get it right at all. <laughs> and I think that's why we, we need each other. We need a community because I need you to pull me up on this stuff as much as I'm doing it from the front um, here today. So I hope that we can help each other with this. So in summary then, Sabbath is a gift from God. It's entering into God's rest, a moment where you experience a glimpse of heaven. And that gift should be for everyone. Sabbath is a complete stopping from our work, which enables reflection and learning. And that learning should reveal to us the ways in which we can enable rest in others and refuse to be a part of oppressive principalities and powers. Rest is resistance to those principalities and powers. And we need each other in this and we can't do it on our own. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.